Welcome to Christ-Centered Identity. I wanted to take you guys on a little journey. You know, God has been really working on my heart and reconfiguring what I look at and see as His kingdom and church and covenant relationship and, and all the different things that God has, you know, put in our in our hearts to walk out and walk in as believers in Him and, and believers in His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit working with, amongst us and with us and the covenant that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ um, and, you know, and then leadership in church and how does that look like and what does that work? Uh, you know, how, what does that look like and how does that work uh, within the confines of, of the church? And and so, you know, I've been just studying as much as I can, trying to figure out what God's doing um, and just get a better understanding. You know, it's, it's amazing how many Christians just kind of, uh, you know, go to church and they have a cultural thing and and you know we've my wife and I have been delving into what was what's culture what's church culture what's Jesus you know what is Jesus what is the culture of Jesus like what does that look like compared to the culture of church that we've created uh today you know there's this historic things about church that when you look at it and you look at how it started when and Constantine wanted to put put the church into the building and and, and create more uh, control over it and add it to his governmental status because the Christians were rebelling against the government. So he was trying to bring control to the church and control to <clears throat> society. And that's where you get the Roman Catholic Church. And, and so, so there's lots of history to church and there's lots of history to the control of the church. And, and there's lots of history to leaders, you know, uh, abusing their authority, abusing their control, abusing their, their, their congregants. And, and, you know, I, I fortunately haven't been a, a part of anything too crazy, um, in that, in that sense, but, you know, God is just showing me different ways to look at, not different ways. I feel like he's trying to fine tune the way to look at and, and walk in, uh, a body of the body of Christ. What does it look like? So, you know, one of the things uh, God's been talking about is what is real, real leadership. Real leadership is not someone that is like, you know, always telling somebody what to do. Just because you have the ability to tell someone what to do does not mean you're the leader. Does not mean you're leading them well. It just means that you're telling someone what to do. And if they are willing to listen, then then they you they give they gave their rights or their they they gave their their will over to you to listen to what you have to say. Maybe they respect you. Maybe they have a, a you know high value of who you are as a person, and and maybe you've you've could maybe abuse that, and that's that's where concern kind of comes in. So like when I was looking at Paul, I was I was reading in First Corinthians chapter four verses nine through thirteen. It says this: um, It seems to me that God has appointed us apostles to be uh, to be at the end of the line. Man, at the end of the line, God has appointed the apostles. Now, when we look at the kingdom, we think of the apostles, the, the man, I carry this guy's jacket. I carry his briefcase. I go get his car at the end of service. You know, I, you know, the, the lead lead of the, of the, of the church, the, the pastor of pastors, you know, the, someone that we highly respect. And, and I'm not saying certain people don't deserve respect and honor and all that. I, like, obviously we want to honor everybody and honor, honor, um, um, elders in the faith, generals of the faith, honor men and women of God that have served faithfully in, 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 in just in life. I'm not saying, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, but I am saying sometimes it could get a little weird. So it says this, uh, us apostles to be, uh, 
to be at the end of the line. We are like those on display at the end of the procession as doomed gladiators soon to be killed. Wow. We have been we have become a theatrical spectacle to creation both to the people and to angel and to the angels. We are fools for Christ, but we are wise in Christ. They're fools for Christ, but they're wise in Christ. The fools for Christ would be I'm abandoned like what I look what what I do looks foolish to the normal person that doesn't believe in Jesus or the normal world, the normal ideology of what it looks like to be in the world. But to be wise in Christ is that I find all my wisdom in him, which is Jesus. See, we are we are the frail. You are the powerful. You are you you are celebrated. We are humiliated. If you if you could see us now, you'd find that we are hungry and thirsty, poorly clothed, brutally treated, and with no roof over our heads. We work hard, toiling with our own hands. When people abuse and insult us, we respond with a blessing. Wow. And when severely persecuted, we endure it with patience. When we are slandered incessantly, we always answer gently, ready to reconcile. Even now, the world's world opinion, even now in the world's opinion, we are nothing but filth and lowliest, lowliest of scum. Now that was a passion translation. Obviously, they they always they always up the words a little bit to paint a uh, prettier picture, or not, not a prettier, more of a picture as to what he's what the writer was talking about. Um, and so he was literally saying, like, we are scum. We are we toil. We work hard. Uh, with our hands, we're abused with insults, and we respond with blessings. So, like, like a, an apostle, really, if you look at it scripturally, is is the greatest of all servants. You know, apostleship is the greatest of all servants. You know, it's, but but we see, you know, in the world of CEOs and 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 big business and and creating wealth and all the different things that we look at in the western and consumerism and consumer christianity and and all the different ways we look at our faith we look at we look at these things in a with a lens of of like they're at the top they got the microphone they got the stand they got this they got that you know and 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 i've preached from pulpits i've been a pastor um there's still a call in my life to pastor uh, you know, to, to, to lead, to, to equip, uh, you know, those things, um, as all believers, right. Equip the saints. Um, but you know, we, we have kind of taken the, the biblical, uh, meaning of, of church and flipped it into a, a, uh, you know, us versus them, the hierarchical of, of who is who in the church and, and the archbishop or the bishop this and the apostle that and 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 you know again I'm trying not to be disrespectful because I don't I don't think that it's right to be disrespectful but I also feel like sometimes these things need to be looked at in a way that's healthy and uh you know I've I've gotten uh suitcases 
and taken them and gotten cars for my pastors and and brought them pulled it up to the church and you know I've done all those things and and I did it because I highly respected the pastor that I was serving and I none of it was out of like you know this or that but you know I think we we create this this atmosphere in church sometimes where where it's like we're looking up to the man of God when there's only one and his name is Jesus and and like I just look at an apostle and I think about what Paul is saying and I think about you know how we're they're called to just be servants like servants of servants like the highest level of who they are is humble and servant you know it, it the, the that's that's the mentality that I I I don't see a lot of in in some in some in some it's in most instances that I've been in, involved in in my life. And, and it's like, you know, some of the, my pastoral leadership staff that I've been around has looked at it like the people are there to serve the objective of the church or the, or the ministry that they're involved with at the church. And, and it create, and then it's like, they're so insular focused on, on the internals of the church that they they lose sight of the community around them and then you get pastors that have even, haven't even evangelized outside of the church in the community they've preached from the platform um and and they have a few people around them that they are are you know are that they allow around them but they they don't they don't reach out to the community like they're not out evangelizing in the community now they may have a tv show and they call that evangelism in the community but i'm talking about like physical evangelism in the community besides pulpit time and that's it's important because i really believe that like if we're going to be the body of Christ, we're called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, right? As as leaders, as those that are pastoring, teaching, apostleship, prof, prophecy for encouragement, you know, all the different offices that people call evangelism, all the different offices we, we walk in, all of those those gifts are not for us to be looked at and glorified, but for us to serve the body of Christ and to equip them to do the work of the ministry, not for them to come to us to get to God. And I think that's that's probably the thing that I struggle with the most is like where where are we as the body of Christ equipping the body of Christ to be the body of Christ? Like I want to see that type of church. I want to see uh I want to see discipleship, right? The great commission is not to go and get somebody to pray a prayer. The Great Commission is is making disciples that make disciples, to to do exactly what Jesus did, right, and and to, to love God and do the things that Jesus did and love His Father and walk as Jesus walked, right. That's that's real discipleship is creating disciples, um, and and that's real evangelism is creating disciples. The Great Commission for all all believers is to create disciples, and so so are you are we are we as a, a body of Sorry about that. Welcome back to Christ-Centered Identity. I, I don't know what happened. Uh, my phone just shut off, or my recording device, which is my phone, just like shut off. But um, 
So are we as the body, I want to talk, I want to get back into this. I was covering over uh, leadership and how it kind of gets perverted a little bit and twisted. And the goal of a leader is to be a servant. The goal of an apostle is to be the greatest of all servants and laying their life down, considering themselves to be the lowliest of lowlies, not, not like looking down on themselves, but the greatest of all is the one that serves. And the, just like Jesus said, the, you know, the greatest in the kingdom is the servant. And so, so I'm not teaching anything outside of what the Lord has, has taught us. Um, but in the body of Christ, you know, we're looking at the body of Christ now and how does a leader affect the body of Christ? And it's important that we, as the body of Christ, look at it from a, a organic, uh, thing, not a structure, but an organic, like functioning thing, like looking at like my, my body has a structure to it and it has a, a formula and how it functions, but there's a lot of organic things that happen within my body that, that happen from outside influences that happen from, from what I put into my mouth and, and, and how I treat myself and, and all the different things. So like, you know, us as the body of Christ, if, there's a, there's a function to the body of Christ, but then there's also a outside influence that can, that can actually hurt the body of Christ. And the, and if we allow those foreign things to get into the body, it creates sickness. And so when we allow like the structure of, of the fortune 500 business to run the uh, church, then we uh, start to allow uh, sickness in the body and, and we start to make the goal different than what the goal is biblically. And so sometimes the goal of reaching the community is cloaked in uh, getting more tithe in the church. And so we want to we want to impact the community, get more people in here that creates more income for the church and we could do more, do more what? And then that's the question, right? And that's where we kind of have to figure out like, is that, is that so more into different ministries? Is that build more into the community. What is it? What is, what is the money you're getting? What, you know, I'm not, I love, I love giving my money and I love being a blessing and I'm not against churches getting money. And, and I'm not, I'm not one of those weirdos. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of different factors that play into what we've created as a, the culture of church versus the culture of who Jesus is. And so God was talking to me about the body of Christ. And so I want to read um, in Romans chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. It says, therefore, as though one man, one man, one, sorry, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. So that's Adam's and, and Eve's fall in the garden. And then sin came in. Even so, through one man's men's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. So what is that? That's Jesus dying on the cross, justifying us, making us right again. Um, and so for, for as by one man's disobedience, may many were made sinners also. So also by one man's obedience, many are made righteous. Our righteousness is made through one man. That man is Jesus. Moreover, the law entered, entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace abounds much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign 
through righteousness to eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So our eternal life is through the grace that Christ provided for us as a grace is like is like a road, is like a a way, a map to an invitation into a relationship with God. So I've heard I've heard Grace has said the the complete favor of God and 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 uh, unconditional favor of God, and and I, and I you know I, I get what they're saying, but sometimes I think Grace gets a little bit twisted because Grace isn't to do and get away with what you want to get do and get away with. Grace is an invitation for transformation into the nature in which you were created in is the image of God. Right. And so we want to we want to give opportunity for people to uh, invest their life into something that's bigger and greater than them. And that's the body of Christ. And so when you when you know, I was I was seeing this like sin entered the world through one man and then one man, Jesus, created a way, a pathway back to him to to be one with with God. And then it says, you know, in uh, I think it's Second Corinthians, but it says, "Do you not know, you know that your body is now a temple of the Most High God, and and that you're a house for the Holy Spirit, basically? That you you know, so we live differently now that we are Christians, and and that our body is is the indwelling of what the church looks like. Our our physical body is, and our spirit is is a house for God." And so when we understand that we're a house for God, but then we understand that we are looking at others and to see the Christ and our brother, that they too are a house for God. And then we start to connect with each other and start to, hey man, how can I be a blessing to your house? And it's like, it's like going to your friend's house and helping him clean or, or going to your friend's house and, and, and having fellowship or, or going to your friend's house and, and, and working on a project in their yard or, or, or doing something, you know, it's that how can I be a blessing to you and how can I make you you look better? How can I make you feel better? How can I make you walk better? Like how can I how can I be a blessing to you? So us as a body of Christ, we're not even called to like like our my goal is to lay my life down. Like what greater love than this than that those I would lay his life down for his brother or sister. So my goal as a as a believer is to lay my life down for you so that you can be successful. So, and as a leader, even more so, I'm called to lead by example on what that looks like. So as a leader, I'm not called to like say cool, crazy statements that make us all feel good. I'm actually called to lead by example and, and live the life that I talk about and actually be what I say. Not do what I say, but be what I say. And 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 so do what I say means I just say it and you need to do it. But be what I say is be what I am. Be what, be what you see in me. Like Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. You should all do this, right? So he was basically saying like, I do this. This is who I am. You should do this too, right? And so Jesus said that you're going to do the same things I did in greater, right? So he's saying you're going to be just like who I am in you. And and so like we are all connected through him. And so, uh, you know, I was reading the epistles and I started to notice a theme and you maybe, you know, most of you have noticed this before, but it was the first time for me. And I started noticing that Paul is writing a letter, not to, to really individuals in the epistles, but he's writing them to a people group. 
And that people group would be considered the body of Christ because he's writing it to the church of Corinth, the church of Ephesus, right? The church of Philippi. He's writing these letters to the church, right? And so, so I, was re I was looking at this, and so Paul's addressing issues and setup of king and the setup of kingdom principles in newly established churches. So we somehow have individualized the word when when much of it was written in the epistles to people groups. So when we read Paul's letters, we're reading them as an individual. How does it affect me individually? When we're not even supposed to read it like that, he's writing a letter to a group of people. So how does this letter affect the group of who we are in Christ Jesus as the body of Christ, as one? We're looking at this like, I need to make myself better, self-improvement, self-help, not transformation of a culture in a group of people that are peculiar and different than the normal world. And so that's, that's, you know, our life is more rich, you know, our life is more rich and we have more value, uh, in one another in the body of Christ. Like I am more fruitful when I am in community with people than when I am by myself. And so it's important that we understand that, that we, as the body of Christ are called to serve one another are called to be the body of Christ, are called to live like Jesus lived, are called to do as Jesus did, or, or even as Paul says, do as I do, right? Speak, I, I speak in tongues more than y'all. And, and so yeah, that was a little Southern y'all. Uh, I speak in tongues more than y'all. And so, so how, do we, how do we do that? Well, look at, I mean, you know, I don't know about you guys, but you know, I know that growing up, family can be messy. Family can be messy. You may not always agree with people. You may not always have the same opinions of people, but if we're all one in Christ Jesus, I can't, I can't say that the left hand is any less than the right hand, right? And so in this place of building family, it's messy, but how can we be vulnerable with each other that creates this connectedness, right? See, because I know a lot of times when I've heard people's testimonies, I'm like, wow, I had no idea that was what they, they came from. You know, hearing that somebody was, uh, you know, involved in, in, in prostitution or gangs or, or, suicidal or, where a whole was a was a, intense drug addict or had a had a really bad pornography problem and, and they got and you know all and then they they but God they right through it and they got this is who I am now this is what God's done in my life, this is this is my the new, this is the new this is not even the new me it's it's the me transposed by Christ, that Christ is now my life. I understand that I don't just say a prayer, but I gave my life to Jesus, right? And so how do we create a space of vulnerability in, in, in church to where people can be vulnerable and grow? Because vulnerability is actually very powerful. If, you, if we can learn to be vulnerable with, it, with people, then we can actually create bonds that, that are very, very uh, uh, intense. And those are those covenant bonds within church, right? And so, so what do we need in these environments? Well, you know, for people to, to feel comfortable, to be vulnerable, you know, we need trust. We need trust that we're not going to be judged. We need trust that we're not going to be uh, gossiped about. We need trust that we're not going to be, you know, looked down on for, for our struggle, for what we've gone through, for where we're at right now. Maybe God hasn't completely, you know, maybe we haven't completely surrendered it all to Jesus yet. And we're still trying to figure out how to do that. And in the body of Christ, and that's where discipleship comes in. That's where the leaders of the leaders, the servants of servants come in to help disciple 
and and increase the body of Christ? Why is is the majority of the ministry happening from the platform when it should be happening from the body? Interesting, right? And so why is why is in churches why why does it seem like there's a lot more that goes on from a platform than it does on the other six days a week? And so I guess that's my question and that's my that's one of my things I'm trying to figure out is is why can't we as the body be equipped to be the body? You know, yes, we're called to feed ourselves. Yes, we're called to to take care of ourselves, but we're also called to be a body. We're also called I and mean, we're one in Christ Jesus. We're one, right? We're not divided, we're one. And so how can I bring nutrients to a friend that's going through something or feeling something or being some way? You know, why can I why can I be that voice of truth in their life? Well, you know, that's the body of Christ, right? And so we are called to, to lift each other up and be an encouragement to each other. So in order for us to be vulnerable, we have to have trust. Um and you know, not being not being connected to others in the body of Christ can feel very isolating, you know. Um, you know, I was I was when I was thinking about isolation, I was thinking about how can that be dangerous, and I started to to, to think about wolves and how they move in packs and and how when they're going after a prey, they try to they try to isolate their prey away from whatever, you know, if they're going after another small animal, they try to isolate it away from the other animals that, that that's in that the other like, you know, maybe a part of their pack or part of their 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 uh, uh herd or, you know, their their group of of people right um and so they try to isolate that away from isolate that prey away from their protection isolate them away from their their surroundings their you know their safety net their their connectedness to a body more eyes on something that could bring bring uh, uh protection to a person so you know we were looking at this thing and this 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 pack of wolves is pulling this thing away and so what so what does the enemy want to do he wants to isolate us and not make us feel connected and if we don't feel connected and we don't feel like we have trust with people we can't be vulnerable with them in order to grow with them so they don't really know us we could put on a show in a fake uh, facade for people to 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 feel like they get to know us but they don't really know us and so so the goal of Christianity is connectedness as the body of Christ in a, in a, in vulnerability in that covenant relationship. I mean, getting in the dirty with people. I mean, talking about like, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on, and this is really the, the real, real. And the only time I've you know I've seen heard plenty of testimonies, and the only ones that are real are the ones that got completely honest and said, "This is not right. I can't live like this anymore." And they gave their life to Jesus, and they really had this life-changing, altering uh, encounter with God. And so, see, Satan wants to isolate us. He wants to make us feel insecure. I don't know about you guys, but when I get when I get isolated, I start to get into my thoughts, and my thoughts start to make me doubt myself, and my thoughts start to to make me feel certain things. And so then I kind of go down these rabbit trails, and then I start feeling isolated. Then I start feeling like nobody cares about me, and then because no one cares about me, why don't I just go and and do whatever I want because I'm I'm the Lone Ranger now, right? And then you think many Elijah in the in the cave, right? I'm the only one, God. I'm the only one. And, 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 you know, uh, uh, Jonah and the well, you know, he, he used to go to Nineveh and then, then, you know, he goes and he prophesies to him and then he gets upset and, and, 
you know, all the different stories in the Bible where it's like, I'm the only one, I'm this, I'm that, I'm down on myself. David hiding out, you know, I'm, I'm drooling on myself, trying to hide out because I'm scared of, 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 you know, of facing the, the things that I need to face. And, and then I want to be, I, I'm going to be isolated and, and, you know, Moses going to the backside of the desert, getting away from, from what God called him. And now I'm isolated and now, now, now God has to step in in a powerful way to show me who I am and what I'm supposed to do. But see, in that space of, of pulling away from a connectedness in a body that we feel insecure, that we feel like we're not even functioning right. And the reason we're not functioning right, it's like if I took my finger off of my body, how what good is that to my hand, right? So with my finger connected to my body, it's much more effective. And so if my thumb was, was cut off, then then I, I wouldn't be able to grasp things as, as easily or as strongly, right? And so that, that hampers the body from functioning at a better level. And so if I understand that, that I have to be connected for the body to function at a higher level, then I got to see my importance in how I'm connected and, and what's connected to me and, that, and their importance as well. And so I don't want to be isolated. I don't want to be insecure about myself. And so, you know, Satan's goal is to do that and weaken us in that, in that space. And so we, we actually find strength in good, healthy community. Healthy community, again, is, is, is those brothers and sisters that get in your business, that you, they, and you get in their business, and, and there's covenant relationship where we may not always agree, but, man, we are in this together, and we are going to fight for what God wants all the way to our very last breath. And it's, it's a covenant of life, right? It's a covenant of life together, connectedness, uh, oneness in Christ Jesus, serving each other, lifting each other up as the body of Christ, really going after you as, as my brother or sister in Christ Jesus and not giving, you know, not giving room for the devil to take you out. If I see a brother struggling, I'm going to go to that brother or sister and I'm going to say, hey, this is what I see. This is what God's telling me. This is what I feel like God wants to do for you. This is, and, and, and I want to be a help to you. I want to be a, a, a friend to your future of in, in your walk with God, you developing further into who you are as a man or woman of God. I want us as the body to, to, to lean in to the connectedness and talking about a unified body. You know, there's only one body in Christianity and that's the body of Christ. You know, we have a lot of division in denominations, a lot of division in opinions, a lot of division in how we interpret the Bible, but man, let's let's like put that stuff aside and say we believe in Jesus, we believe in his his father God, we believe in the Holy Spirit, we believe in in salvation through the through the blood of Jesus, we believe in the holy we believe in the Holy Spirit being the, our wisdom, we believe in baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of water, we believe in in the in the who God is is who we are as being made in his image. What are the basics, man? How do we how do we connect? How do we come together and find a middle ground to be the body of Christ that we're called to be to be the actual church? Not the church building, not the 5013C, you know, not the not the independent ministry, not the the uh billboard signs and the and the, you know, I'm the pastor so and so, you better respect me. I'm the man of God, I'm the this, I'm the apostle. And I know I'm being a little sarcastic, but I, I wanna I wanna aggravate some religious spirits a little bit right now, and I just feel like God is saying this. 
be my humble servants. Be the ones that love people. Be the ones that, that go after the widows and the, and the orphans. Be the ones that give the shirt off your back for those that don't have a have something to wear. Be the ones that, that you see someone in need and you help meet that need. Be those Christians. That's what I, I feel like God is telling me right now. And I, and I, and I want to be an aid in the body of Christ, a healing agent to, on the body of Christ through the, what God is showing me and my words to speak life and encouragement to you. If you have felt like that, man, I'm going to tell you right now, try to find a brother or sister in Christ that you trust, that you that you know believes in, in who God is in you and, and you believe in who God is in them and, and try to build a relationship, try to help disciple what's what's going on inside your guys' lives and see what God can do. So that's, I guess that's my rant, man. Be the body of Christ. And uh, here at Christ-Centered Identity, I want us to know who Jesus is, what he says, and who we are in Christ. God bless you guys. I hope this message uh, of truth helped you. Um, I know it's it's helping me figure out what God wants from me and how I'm supposed to live. So God bless you guys. I'll speak to you soon.